All right, everyone. Welcome back to the GNT Show West Coast Press Podcast on the West Coast Press Podcast Network. Thank you for coming and watching this one. We have a great show for you today. Today, we have our good friend Kyle Foster from Napa. He's going to talk about some Napa High School sports, some of the great seasons that we had with baseball and softball up in Napa, as well as the state title run uh, in basketball. So it was a great season. Last year, we look ahead just a little bit to some of the storylines that will be coming up for this year in the football season, as there is some definitely big storylines that could potentially be coming out of there this year, as well as looking ahead at Brock Bowers, the future he has, uh, talking about what the talk of the town is like in Napa, his hometown, what the national championship was like just a little bit as well, and the future that Brock might hold of possibly going to the NFL, and maybe we'll see some... Uh, NFL jerseys of Brock Bowers walking around in the Northern California community soon. So we talk about that just a little bit. Then we go into the San Francisco Giants. Uh, I did a small segment on my last show to talk about them. It was a more abysmal um, down type conversation that I had last week. They go 7-2 and two, uh, to go into the All-Star break. And now it's a little more happy uh, along with the Juan Soto trades, uh, rumors all of a sudden starting to happen. There's more excitement following the Giants. So we went into them, looked at predictions, and at the end we talked about some of the NASCAR race that I know Kyle is uh, much more into. And he just covered the Sonoma race that was just a few weeks ago. So it should be a great show today. Looking forward to it. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe below. This is a audio only podcast today though as we did have some technical difficulties so i appreciate your support and enjoy me and kyle talking all right everyone welcome kyle foster from napa onto the gmt show how's everything going kyle good thanks for having me on you know it's been a while since we've seen each other so this is always fun to reconnect and Football season is here almost, as we know. So good to be on. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's exciting to – we're going to talk about uh, the Napa High School sports, how everything's going on down there. I know football season, we were just talking about before we started recording uh, some of the big games just week one down there. Um, and then we'll talk about some Giants as well as I was down on them, and then they go 7-2 and two to finish the All-Star break. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But – First off, just kind of recap the baseball season. That's the last time I saw you was at the Justin Siena game in Napa as well. So just kind of recap the season and some of the highlights that they had. Honestly, competitive high school baseball seasons I can remember in our uh, town because if you look at it, Napa Vintage and Justin Siena each split the series against each other. That was a first in our league, I believe, that this, that this has happened. And every game was one or two run games. It was just an amazing game. It was just amazing to see because baseball is good in our town. It always has been. So, and this just solidified that. And man, I mean, I was going to do a top 10 games list, as, as I told you earlier, but that isn't happening now just because it's all, you know, it's summer and we're already starting to think about football. It's time to move into, into that instead of re looking back at last year. But, Anyway, it was a heck of a baseball season. Justin Siena won at Napa High in dramatic fashion. Napa won at Justin Siena in dramatic fashion. 
Napa won at Vintage, and it, it was just a beautiful baseball season. And then on the softball side, we also had the upset of the year with Vintage losing against Napa in the second big game. So it was a great spring season, and honestly, who knows what's to come because I'm expecting a great year of high school sports this year. Yeah, and Napa, you know, they don't get enough coverage, I don't think. It's in such a weird area in between Sacramento, Vacaville. It's just in that weird, awkward area. So um, it almost gets over or under covered of just how many good games there are out there. So uh, it's definitely exciting when we get to have you on one of our podcasts. We had you on last year before the football season as well, um, just getting to talk to you and hear about what is that all happening in Napa. But like you said, it's going to be a good year upcoming as well. So what are some things that you're looking forward to? Maybe some players that you're looking forward to for this upcoming football year? My biggest intrigue isn't necessarily on the player side for football as much as it is on the new coaching side. We've got a new head coach at Justin Siena, who was the offensive coordinator previously under Brandon Loraco. Tyler Streblo is walking in. He's a Justin Siena graduate. He's been the OC under Brandon Loraco for the last six years, I believe. And now he's the head coach of the program. So he is what I'm, he, he's who I'm most intrigued to see because Justin Siena, they had, a, again, a quiet year last year. They're one of the overshadowed VVAL teams because they're in, league, in the league with Vintage, Napa, Casa, you know, teams like that. So that's what I'm most intrigued about. As far as athletes, though, I mean, Casa 2022 was pretty good, I got to say. Um, and it's going to suck to not see them play anymore. But 23, I mean, there's some kids that uh, I'm definitely interested in. I'm not it, – it's more on the basketball side than anything. But in baseball, there's some players too. But can't no, nobody really comes to mind for football because, uh, A, I haven't been out to see practices yet, and, B, should be very interesting. I, I just don't – you know, not not there yet. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, let's get into the basketball season because Napa also had a pretty big run in basketball season as well that maybe didn't get enough love as they probably should have, but they're just as good this year upcoming as well. So talk about that team. Oh, that was that team. I've told this to the coaches. That team will forever hold a special place in my heart for what they did because I had never covered a team that went to the state championship. So when that happened, it was just a magical run and because I had never even covered the state playoffs, much less, you know, seeing a team playing in Sacramento for a state title. So, I mean, that run Justin Siena went on, it all started, and most people don't know this, it started at the end of the regular season. They played a lot of games to end the regular season, and then they got hot. They Sure, they lost to Marine Catholic in the NCS playoffs. But after that, they were lights out, and it all started with their inside-out game with Asher Cleary and Travis Hightower and Vince Jackson. So that team is something special, and they're all coming back this year. I mean, if they don't win the league, I wouldn't. I would be surprised. But it is also a tough basketball league, which again, most people don't know because the vintages are tough. East American Canyon's always good. Napa's got a new coach over there this year. So basketball season should be very interesting, but Justin Siena, as far as I'm concerned, is, has has to be the favorite. Yeah, I mean, they definitely look to be favorites. I was got to watch that game, um, the state championship game, and, I mean, they were a great team. They played hard. Um, obviously, came up just a little bit short in that one, but 
it was just it was great to see a team from Napa go out and do that. And obviously, we'll be the favorites going into next year. But you're always talking about you know 16, 17, maybe 18 year olds, and it's hard to count on them day in day out. Obviously, you know they will struggle at times and stuff like that. So um, hopefully, they get another run at it. Hopefully, they get another chance at state. You never know exactly what will happen, but they definitely have set themselves up to be in position to do it. One thing I like about that group is they realize the opportunity that they had and what they did because that was th- that was the Justin Tanner boys basketball program. First time being in the state playoffs ever in the program's history. The school had been around since 1966, and that was a first-time thing for them. So that's another thing that made it cool. I mean, I, sure, I went to Napa High, you know, another VVAL school. But to see stuff like that in our town, that was just so cool to watch. Yeah, very cool. And then I'm sure another thing that has been – uh, going throughout the whole Bay Area, but also has been going through Napa is the story of Brock Bowers and all that he's already accomplished. Um, I want to get into a few stories, but obviously coming off the national championship and already at Georgia, um, what what are some things we weren't around when Brock was playing? Uh, we were supposed to see his senior year when West Coast Prep started. Obviously, uh, a bunch of stuff happened in the world that didn't allow that to happen, but I know you got to see him a bunch. What are some things that you remember back when he was in Napa. Oh, man. The athleticism was just off the charts. You see these plays that he's making on national television? That showed in football. He There was a game against Nevada Union. I remember covering it. Um, but the year COVID hit, 2019-20 school year. He went up over a receiver and, like, mossed the guy and then pulled away running to the end zone. I was like, that just doesn't happen. You know, like, that's just some freaky stuff. But we really learned about his athleticism when he was a sophomore playing varsity basketball or a freshman playing varsity basketball a few years earlier because that was when I really got to see his true athleticism. People don't know this. He was a really good basketball player. Like I think he basketball may have been his favorite sport. He, he may or may not confirm that. But his basketball skills were just off the charts. His leaping ability, he would dunk. It was just insane stuff like you don't get to see this stuff. So personally, I I was surprised of the role that he played last year with Georgia. It was awesome to see, you know what I mean? Like a kid that I know the family, I know, you know, it's, it's just Napa community. So it's just cool to see that. Um, I'm hoping you do more of the same this year. While, while we're on the subject of college football, I also want to shoot shout out Louis Canepa, who is down at New Mexico state. Um, this year he signed there he's i'm hearing he's doing good down there too so we're getting those guys playing football at the next level up here yeah for sure it's a it's a growing community without a doubt and what are some of the people saying about brock and kind of his story up down there it's just like you know we're all gravitating towards it like we all everybody takes time out of their day to watch the georgia game just because of brock and I, there's more people now, myself included, that are Georgia fans just because of him. So it's a really a whole community thing. We all gather around the TV to watch Brock play. It's all over my Facebook feed, you know. It's just awesome to see. And then I see you, Northern California people, tweeting about it. I see all, all the people from, you know, Northern California tweeting about it. I'm like, the guy is from Napa. <laughs> this is a guy from Napa they're talking about. So 
it just makes me realize like what what it, the magnitude of this, and it's just really cool because I don't even think our community realizes the magnitude that's going on right now. Yeah, it's it's a special story, and I know he still has two years left in college, but it's it's hard not to look ahead to his future and to what he looks like with the flashes he's shown so early in his college career. Um, it's something that I'm sure Napa will continue to to praise him and and kind of be on his back of the Napa pride. Um, but it's definitely an exciting time for for Brock, Brock's family and the community of Napa and the Northern California community. Definitely. And hoping that they win another title this year. I mean, <laughs> I've never been an SEC fan, but uh, now I am. So that's what one player will do to you. Yeah. I wonder how many uh, Brock Bowers jerseys will be walking around Napa here soon. That's a good question. I have not gotten myself any Brock Bowers merchandise, but maybe I should soon. Yeah, uh, assuming he, he plays in the NFL, I may need to. Yeah, whatever NFL jersey he ends up having, uh, definitely will be a bunch walking around in Northern California with the way his his uh, stardom is rising. But let's get into the Giants. We mentioned it earlier. Um, let's just kind of recap the first half of the season. I know that you've been watching and following. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts? What have they done well? What have they done really bad so far? Well, uh, they first of all, they have been the most painful team to watch just because you don't know what you're getting from night to night. I think they're good once some nights, and then, and then they act like they're not. And, uh, it's just a hard thing to figure out. But with all that being said, they went into the All-Star break at 47 and 43, I believe. So. A good first half. I just wish they weren't as streaky because they seem like a very streaky team. Um, I'd say the big, the thing that they've done the best is still playing the matchups. I know it hasn't necessarily worked out, but they're a team built for the matchups. Uh, and we saw here before the All-Star break that them matchuping teams to death, it, it worked. So, I mean, you clearly need to keep doing that. Um, I think these next two weeks will be the determining factor if they're buyers or sellers. But, uh, I hope that, you know, they can get it going and be buyers because a guy named Juan Soto's on the market and uh, he'd be an interesting piece. Assuming you don't have to give your whole future. But uh, anyway, and the things that they've done bad is their defense. Their defense, when their defense plays good, the team plays good. When their defense plays bad, it's hard to watch because a lot of their errors lead to obviously under and run and, and we know under and runs kill you in baseball, but if they can clean up the airs, play matchups, I, I think they're going to be a team that should sneak in the playoffs with this new system, but I don't know what to think of them right now. Like uh, this is the first time I'm really like, I don't know what they are. So that's my, that's what I've got for that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's been an interesting season. Um, I was late getting really into baseball season with the Warriors season going into mid-June. Uh, I was definitely more focused on watching them than I was the Giants, but uh, just kind of keeping track, it seemed like the bullpen really struggled early on. Um, like you said, the defense was just, it's been abysmal at times, and then at times they're, you know, at least decent to get them through. But like you said, unearned runs is terrible. Looking at the standings, they're 48 and 43 so far in the first half. They are two and a half back to San Diego, who's 52 and 42. 
but they're ultimately 12 and a half back of the Dodgers, who's 60 and 30. Um, they just continue to win games. I don't want to talk about that god hatred <laughs> of a team that they are. Um, but when you look at the wild card standings, they're a half game back of the Cardinals and Phillies, who are tied for that final wild card spot. Uh, the Braves are uh, plus six games in that, and the Padres are plus two games in the first and second wild card spot. So they have, and they're five games up on the Marlins, who is two spots back of the wild card. So they have some definitely opportunities to get into the wild card spot. Um, and I think that they should be buyers, even if they have a mediocre week, they have to play the Dodgers um, for the opening series after the All-Star break, which starts tonight for them. Um, I think that they have to be buyers. And it it kind of brings me to Farhan. It seems like he's gotten some backlash for the way this offseason went. Coming off of a 107-win season, you think, all right, it's time to push all in. Obviously, we have the pieces to win games. You know, let's go get that one more big bat. Let's go get that one more big pitcher. They let Gosman go. They bring in Rodon, who's been really good this year, an all-star. They bring in Jock Peterson, who is also an all-star. But for the most part, it remained mostly the same. You lose Buster Posey. Joey Bart struggled early on. Has come back from AAA and played well. What do you? What are your thoughts on the way this offseason went? Is it the way it should have gone? Should they have picked up another bat, picked up another pitcher? What do you think? Well, so uh, this has been a major conversation point. Brandon Crawford. So we know that last year was a really good year. It was an all-star year for him. But uh, when I looked at the market last year, the only one that I really thought maybe could have been a fit and he didn't sign until late was Trevor Story. Because if you look at it, Corey Seager got a lot of money. And, I mean, there was – who else was on the market? Lindor, no. Um, yeah, Carlos. But, anyway, the, the shortstop market. Yeah. Carlos Cray, yeah, he got a high AV deal. So, I mean, I think the Giants did the right move by bringing back Crawford, considering he would, he's cheaper than Seager, Correa, you know, all those guys. But the issue is it just hasn't worked out. He's been injured. You know, Belt's been injured too, but luckily he only took the qualifying offer. So it, they didn't break the bank, but the signings of Peterson and Rodon are basically what's keeping this team afloat, in my opinion, right now. <laughs> so I would... I definitely think the, the offseason could have been better, but I think the lockout has a lot to do with that. And I think that's something that's being overlooked because they could have gotten more done if the lockout had never happened. But And as soon as the lockout happened, it was lifted, business resumed, but spring training started. You had to have a roster ready to go. So that's why I think that the Giants not doing much was kind of to be expected, and I'm not too mad at it this offseason, though I want them to do a lot more. So now that the lockout's not going to be a thing to worry about. Yeah, I I would say it was a little disappointing that you could have went all in, but there wasn't a ton of pieces. Carlos Correa was the biggest piece on the roster, and you re-signed Crawford, who was fourth in the MVP voting last year. So, you know, how much of an upgrade would it have been to bring in Correa? You know, if you're hoping that Crawford continued, which, you know, unfortunately just hasn't with injuries and, Injuries have riddled this team with whether it's Longoria, whether it's Crawford. Um, you know, they let Chris Bryant go, which I was okay with. Um, he was good last year. He wasn't worth with the hundred and ninety million he signed in Colorado. Um, so it's 
it was an interesting offseason. I think the lockout, like you said, played a major part in just mucking up everything. Um, with all that said, though, this team is, they can't act like a mid-market team. I mean, they, they're in San Francisco Bay Area. They have all this land that they just bought. Uh, they charge an arm and a leg to go to a game, and <laughs> yeah. it's $19. So with all that, they need to start spending money like the Dodgers are. They can't sit here and let the Dodgers be in their division spending $250 million while the Giants Even are... Even the Padres spend money. I mean... <laughs> right? You know, and we're over here, I think we're 10th in the league in spending. We're somewhere in that middle ground. Um, I don't know the exact number, but it's not enough for what the Giants should be doing after winning 107 games last year. Yeah, I agree they could do better, but we have the trade deadline coming up, and the trade deadline is a time for them to add some pieces. I would like them to add another bullpen arm, maybe another starter. That's never a bad option. Um a guy like Brandon Drury who could play outfield, second base, and third base would be a great guy to bring in. He's having a good year. And then, honestly, it, as long as you don't have to give up the Logan Webbs, Elliot Ramoses, and Marco Luciano, I may be interested in Juan Soto. I, I maybe trade Joey Bart away, but the thing is the Nats won't need a catcher because they've already, they got Kiebert Ruiz from the Dodgers and the Max Scherzer and Trey Turner deal last year. So I don't know how you go about that. But um, if the price is right for Juan Soto, I say you pull the trigger. But if but you don't want to mortgage the future. I agree they should be buyers, but I think there's a way to go about that. Like last year, they didn't trade the future away for Chris Bryant. So I think I trust them to at least not do that. So that, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting trade deadline. Yeah, I, I disagree with you just a little bit on that. I would trade anyone and everyone for Juan Soto. The dude is 23 years old. He is your present and your future. There's not a better baseball player, you know, with the exception of maybe Mike Trout, but he's six years younger than Trout is right now. So um, that that's the only difference I'd say. I don't think Farhan would ever do it. He would not mortgage the future. Like you said, they didn't do it with Chris Bryant last year. I don't think that they would do it for Soto this year, but he's going to be a star. For 10 more years and you can give him a 15-year contract he's going to be good for at least 12 of them yeah i mean i agree we saw on in the home render on monday night how great soto is so yeah I, i'm open to trading for him just at the right price yeah I, obviously luciano but, uh, and, and ramos is not two guys that you want to give up they look like they're going to be really good um for the future of this team it, i think that <clears throat> Giants fans and and me in particular uh, would like to see this team make a splash. We like the Wilmer Flores. We like all these guys, but I'd like to see a superstar. You know, I think that this team could use one at this point. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's definitely. I I miss the time when they had the Barry Bonds of the world. I have to say, and Juan Soto. I feel like he'd fit in the clubhouse, but. Just interesting. I mean, we know the Padres are interested. The Yankees, of course, are interested. There's The Dodgers are interested. There's a lot of teams that came out today that have already had preliminary discussions with the Nationals. So we'll see. Yeah. I did see the Giants were among the teams that have had the conversation with the Nationals. So at least they're in the sweepstakes. We'll see what happens. Just a few minutes left here in this podcast. Um, what are your predictions for the Giants? 
you know, with this team right now, they're just a half game out of the playoffs right now. Where do you see this team going for the last two months of the season? That's a tough one. I mean, I think that they're going to be, I still think that they are going to finish over 500. I don't know if 87 to, if 82 to 87 wins gets you in that third wild card. I see them as finishing as a, as an above 500 team though. Um, well, it's just, uh, I think that if they make the right moves, they could catch fire, but if they stand pat, they're not making the playoffs. That's just my opinion. And, uh, right now, as you said, they should be buyers because they have an above 500 record. They've got a team that you can mix and match. And honestly, it's, these four games against the Dodgers are going to tell us a lot because the Giants have struggled against teams that are over 500, and that's not a good sign either. They've also struggled in one-run games. I believe they're like 11 and 19 in one-run games. So that's kind of concerning. But uh, in order to turn those around, they got to make the right moves, and they get, just got to start putting it together. Like like you said, they won seven of the of nine before the All-Star break. So my outlook for them is, I think, positive at the moment, With the, obviously since the second half hasn't started yet. Um, I think they're going to be over 500. I just don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they got to beat both St. Louis and Philadelphia coming down the stretch. Um, and if they can get past the Padres so they don't have to play the Dodgers in the second round, um, assuming that they – made it past the first round, um, be a nice, better setup so you don't see the Dodgers until the championship series. Um, I think that they can do it. Hopefully that there's some moves upcoming that will help them propel that. Uh, we just have a few minutes left here, though. I do want to ask you, because I know you do it during the summer, about the Sonoma race, uh, how that was, and maybe the future of it. I saw a tweet from you um, saying that there might be some questions about the future of that race. Oh, the race is coming back next year, so that's not a question. But uh, it was a lot of fun. It, it always is a lot of fun. The people of Sonoma Raceway do a great job over there. Um, you know, it's my time to be in with the NASCAR media. I love my high school sports and all, but that's like my summer treat. And uh, it was a great time, and I and I just enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, we saw a got a time winner this year, which was an amazing story. NASCAR came from a truck series were there and got to see that for the first time. It was in, it was just an all an awesome experience. And honestly, wish we got more races a year. Um, <laughs> Cause uh, it, it was a lot of fun and, you know, I enjoy it. But now my next pro event is the Fortinet championship in September at Silverado resort and spa. It's the PGA tour opening event of the season. Yeah. And uh, we had media day about that the other day. I'm hoping that we get some of the big names in the sport, but I don't know. Right before the President's Cup, we'll see. Yeah, that's always a, it's a fun tournament, and sometimes you get to see some of the young stars. I know Cameron Champ has played there uh, a few times as well, so that's always a fun tournament. Uh, any favorites in NASCAR this year? I know it's been kind of a wild year with a bunch of different players, or drivers, I should say, winning. My championship favorite is Chase Elliott right now. Um, the dude has, ever since they took the off week after Sonoma, they have he has fin he has won Nashville. He's finished second at Road America. He won Atlanta, and he finished second last week at uh, at 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 uh, at New Hampshire. So he's on a roll right now. As far as I'm concerned, he is the championship favorite. But that could all change come come September when they do their elimination style playoffs. So we'll see. I mean, he's. 
he's building up the playoff points, which help you advance rounds. And yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Elk Grove's own Kyle Larson needs to kind of get it going, though. That's my and Corning's Tyler Reddick. They need to get more wins so that they can advance further. Because right now we're at 14 different winners in 20 races. Yeah, I know I don't follow it a ton, but I definitely always keep an eye out um, during NASCAR, and I'll try and watch it when I have some of <laughs> Sundays every now and then. But um, thank you, Kyle, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, always have a fun time talking to you, and we'll definitely have you on again as we get deeper into the Giants season and also once we start football season here in just under a month. That sounds good. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you at a game soon. I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah, it definitely will. All right, Kyle. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right. That will do it for this episode of the GMT show. Already through four episodes of this one. Um, It's been a great time. We've already had some really good guests, and I'm excited to bring them all back on. Uh, I know Connor McIntosh has already been talking that he needs to make some points about some of my comments about the uh, the Warriors signing. So I know that he will be back on at some point. Uh, I'm waiting for some Kevin Durant news um, to go down before I start talking about uh, basketball and bring, maybe bring Connor back on then. Um, but doesn't seem like it's happening anytime soon. The Warriors did sign Jermichael Green. They brought in McClung. So some news on the Warriors front, but not a ton. But once again, I want to thank Kyle Foster for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate his time. It was a nice half-hour conversation, and I really uh, did appreciate that, and I had a lot of fun talking to him. Hopefully you guys had fun listening to this podcast. Uh, Once again, sorry for no video on this podcast. We will definitely look to bring it back um, with no technical difficulties next week. Uh, we have some exciting guests coming up for sure. Uh, not going to announce it yet, but I am going to definitely have some exciting news coming up on the podcast. Uh, most likely next week, we'll have some major announcement uh, regarding the West Coast Press Podcast Network. So with all that said, make sure you guys go subscribe to westcoastpress.com. Super easy, super simple. Read about all the superstars that are coming out, like the Brock, next Brock Bowers, uh, including all the next big-time doctors and sorts. So uh, westcoastpreps.com, subscribe today. And go subscribe and like our YouTube page, our Twitter, westcoastpreps underscore, on all social medias as well. As we're getting ready for football season, it's going to be a great year. We're looking forward to it. And until next week, have a great one.